0: ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season, so you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con- in in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek and you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because Seed Geek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every Ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full pr- ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout now our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase all you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app go to the settings tab and click add a promo code enter promo code sleeper s-l-e-e-p-e-r and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code sleeper today Welcome to episode 370 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It's Friday, July 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, what's going on?
1: It's Friday. I have
0: a question for you.
1: Hmm?
0: Would you trade Lucas Giolito for Dave Cameron? <laughs> or excuse me, I, 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 I botched that. I should have said... Dave Cameron for Lucas Giolito, since obviously we already have Dave Cameron.
1: Well, I mean, if I get Lucas Giolito's future earnings,
0: I'm just saying <laughs> he's apparently I, on the table for a yeah. reliever, and I think Dave Cameron's better than a reliever.
1: Because honestly, even if Giolito is a bust, he probably he probably gets like three four years of chances at least. Absolutely, and if he gets three four years of chances, that's at least like three million four million dollars.
0: So you're hoping yeah. <laughs> that we bring him to the Fangraphs team? He keeps pitching, but shares his wealth with us.
1: Right. I mean, otherwise, why would we, we would want him? Because I don't <laughs> I know mean, if he
0: can write. I, I, you're right.
1: You, like, know? Pitching, <laughs> you know. Slado pitching, at first. You know. We had. Uh, you know, what was funny was finding out that uh, August Fagerstrom is a is a switch hitter. So I mean, so have right. at least one switch hitter and. Very useful. Uh, Jeff Sullivan can throw, you know, 50 mile an hour slot from the left side.
0: Sullivan's are are a loogie, but he's a little bit more than a loogie. I really think he can get righties out. He's really his pitch FX numbers are really coming along, Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's going to be huge for us. But you know what? I don't know if I'm trading Cameron. Uh, I I might have to uh, I might have to talk it over a little bit more. But Lucas Giolito could be on the trade block. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a moment. But we have a couple deals that have actually gotten done that I want to dive in on first. I'm going to go reverse order with the most recent first. I do think it is a little bit more uh, of the intriguing one, this Andrew Kashner deal. We kind of knew he was going to be traded in our trade extravaganza. I think we uh, we highlighted that you know th- there would be no reason for them to keep him around considering that he is a rental. And yet, with that knowledge, the Padres were able to pull in quite a bit here. They traded Andrew Kashner and Colin Ray, as well as Tehran Guerrero, who is a uh, who, who is a right-handed reliever, in exchange for Jared Cozart, whatever, who should be a reliever, by the way. I still think he could be a, a dope reliever back end uh, of, a, of a bullpen. Top, pop, top prospect, Josh Naylor, uh, Luis Castillo, not that Luis Castillo, and Carter, Carter Capps. Here. And I understand Carter Capps underwent Tommy John. Tommy John is no slam dunk automatic you're going to get back to being a stud. But I really like this haul. For a rented Andrew Kashner and a whatever Colin Ray. Like I'm sorry, Colin Ray, you're not moving the needle for me, bud. I understand that he's under oh, I mean, control. It's like,
1: a, it's like a rental four and a control five, like a cost control five. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know much about the third prospect that the Padres gave up. Maybe he moves the needle a little bit. T-Rod, but I don't I, think
0: I think he was a like he would make top ten lists before, but I or maybe even just top twenty. I, I, re, I remember the name a little bit, but he's already he's already been moved to the, uh, he's already been, already been a full time reliever. He was not a guy who came up as a starter. He's a he's a relief prospect. So how You're a
1: reliever which doesn't exist. Yeah. So, so how good can he? Be? Uh, so basically, you traded uh, two back end arms, one rental, one cost controlled, and I don't think that normally gets you a bat. Now you know some people are like, well, he was met in a ball, and uh, he's a first base only guy. And that's why he got traded. Sure. I mean, if he had any defensive value, if he was an outfielder or third baseman even, then, you know, you wouldn't get Josh Naylor. Yeah, he's already
0: however, a 19-year-old first baseman.
1: However, you know, Stephen A. Smith, How however, however <laughs> uh, he's like an interesting bat. I mean, I don't think you normally get a bat at all for a kashner Ray, no. you know, offer. So, and in terms of what his numbers are like, he had he was kind of a bad body guy. yes. And, and I think we saw
0: that at the Futures game. You could kind of see the, the the bad body aspects to Josh Naylor.
1: This was this is an improvement. I mean, he he used to be bigger oh, okay, and okay. sort of fatter. Um, but you know he stole he stole ten bases against thirteen tries. So you know I think he's getting a little bit more svelte, more athletic. Um, he's finding his plate approach, and uh, I mean this is a guy who came out of Canada. Um, you know some of these guys uh, like I think Tyler O'Neill from the Mariners, like, have to, you know, Tyler O'Neal admitted to me that, you know, he hasn't played baseball year-round like other prospects, Mm -hmm. and that he's only been doing that for the last couple years. It's kind of like what we talked about with Lorenzo Cain and a few other late breakouts is, you know, how much of this happened because... They, like Dexter Fowler got to switch hitting late in his career. So how much of you know? How much does that affect your aging curve? I didn't know Perhaps. that, by
0: the way. I, I did not know that about Fowler. I'd I missed that. so much.
1: Fowler only started uh, switch hitting in the minors.
0: Wow. Okay. That's really well, interesting.
1: Yeah, because like for a long time he had this like bad split where he was only good against lefties, and I think he's sort of uh, he's sort of you know, and people were like maybe we should stop switch hitting, but I think he's sort of improved and improved and improved to the point where it makes sense now. But um in any case, uh, I think Naylor has a, a shot. I don't think that he's necessarily like a top 100 right now na- I mean not a top uh, he's not like a top 10 or a top 20, but he might be a top 50 by the end of the year you know if he if he hits a few more homers you know going to the end of the year and, and ups his power numbers mm-hmm. um, and um, you know he's 19 man and and they got a bat so I, I think it was a good haul in terms of what happens, Going forward, Kashner uh, remains in the rotation, remains in the National League, remains in a pitcher's park, remains a guy who gets less out of his stuff than you'd expect, remains a guy who doesn't get enough extension. We talked about how he his velocity, perceived velocity is 1.5 miles older, an hour. less yeah. yeah, than his actual velocity.
0: You, do you know anything about the Marlins coaching staff to where they could be a good fit here?
1: I don't think it's... Very good, uh, because when I interviewed uh, Conley, what's Conley's first name? Adam? Adam. Adam. When I interviewed Adam Conley about his progression as a pitcher, he basically said he had to take his progression as a pitcher away from the team. He had to take it back and do it himself.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And he talked about how, and at least in the in the bottom of the um, in, in the in the minors. He said that they they were too results oriented. They wanted to see certain things in results, and he was like, "I don't care about results. I'm surprised they care about results. I want you know this and this. I'm usually doing this." Usually,
0: the player cares more about the results, and sometimes the right, team, exactly. whether you know, usually when it's a more advanced team, will tell you, "Relax, homie. We don't. We, we care. You know, we, we you want them to go out there and, and, and get some good results if they can, but it's not a situation where." Results are the top thing, especially in lower minors. So for the player to be on that end and the team to be like, no, we're more results oriented. That's interesting.
1: Um, and, yeah, so I think, you know, he got better when he when he this is interesting. Um, just a sidetrack. Uh, we'll get back to it. No, we, we already finished talking about the Giolito for Miller thing, did we? Or no, no, what? no. That
0: was uh, we kind of kind of previewed it there.
1: Okay, okay. We'll talk. There's something happening right now about that. So we'll talk about that later. So, anyway, uh, just to finish this up, I don't think that they're going to be, I don't think that they're super out there in terms of, you know, extension and spin rates and stuff because that was all stuff that came from Conley. That was stuff that he researched on his own, that he went and got his own coach that he worked with and they talked about it, and they figured it out. Well, so, one. I don't think, here's one. I don't think that they're going to be like, Cash, you need to do this and this and this.
0: Would Conley ever be that guy? Could you see him maybe being like, Yo, bud. I don't
1: think he's very outgoing. Okay. He's kind of a. You never know, a, right?
0: That, that that's a that's a. It
1: could it could happen. Like I just I wrote a piece about John Gray, uh, and we've talked about John Gray before, and about how Adam Oviedo told him how to manipulate his sliders, and uh, and you know throw two sliders basically. So it does happen. Uh, and it could happen. But, you know, the, I think that the, if you want to be uh, upbeat about Cashner, what you're thinking about is how often he's throwing that slider and how he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and how he's just going to try and strike out as many guys and probably maybe throw fewer fastballs and throw more of that off-speed stuff and maybe finally get a better strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the source of, of being upbeat about Andrew Cashner. And the fact that he didn't go to Texas, hey, you know
0: that's a hey, that's a little silver lining. Something to celebrate. Obviously, it doesn't change the scope uh, because he didn't go to Texas or on any other AL team. He's not going to be available in that realm, but he's on some he's on plenty of waiver wires in mixed leagues. Would you pick up Andrew Kashner? And in what I mean, his past
1: I guess, goes up a little bit. And there could be a coaching effect. And we're, and we're watching the slider usage. So, um, we, should we play a little Would You Rather? Sure. Why not? Let me I'm going to get my rankings up.
0: You get with this? Oh. Or
1: You, could, you could get, get with, with that. that? Get with
0: that? I'm probably going to say that a lot. Spoiler alert.
1: I know. Yeah. Um, As a
0: former it's... Andrew Kashner backer, though, by the way, too. Let me be clear about that not like I never gave him a shot. I was driving oh that God. train for a while.
1: So the velocity and the,
0: and the, the mullet. Mm-hmm. The mullet is reason enough. And I do play in some mullet <laughs> leagues where you do get extra points for it. So he was a top pick in, that, in those a leagues.
1: It's curly-haired mullet. I mean, of course I was into it. All right, so I, I'm going to jump into the 70s, which is where That's right. That's good I might be dropping guys. So, CC.
0: Oof.
1: He's cooled down a little bit. He really
0: has. He's really kind of fallen on some hard times, even. I um, might do that. I'll take my gamble on 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 Kaschner there. You found you found yeah, a guy right off the bat. He
1: had a stretch of one, two, three, four, four in a row with five earned runs or more, and then two more with four earned runs after that. He just finally had a good outing at Houston, which is the day I stacked against him.
0: God. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that how it always goes? You were yeah, like everybody. the believer in him, too, right? That you, yeah. You've been a big believer. You finally the say, lineup? okay, it's not going well.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll go against him. And he goes, hey, Eno, you know, check this one, bro.
1: I had Altuve, Correa, and Gaddis in the lineup.
0: He's like, good luck with all of that, fella.
1: And he goes 6.2 with earned runs. All right. Uh, so, maybe, yeah, so maybe we drop CC. All right. So uh, let me move up my ranks. All right, uh, Jeremy Hallixon.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean I don't own him, so this is like a super hypothetical. Yeah, I just, I might. The rest of season projections are nasty for for Helixon. I know he's got that cutter. Yeah, but, I
0: don't, I don't, I don't really buy that he's done anything particularly special. By the
1: way, he, if he, he goes to Houston, if he goes to Texas or Houston or something, I don't want. Him.
0: Exactly. He basically took, uh, or Cashner took his spot though, because we all thought. Like, that was the heavy rumor, was that he would just go right, right. join the Marlins after crushing them all. I think
1: it can only get worse for Helixson. <laughs> I
0: completely agree, whereas there's at least some some potential growth.
1: I guess the Giants could pick up Helixson. That would make sense. Just, you know? That would help. That would that would
0: maybe flip it for me, because that's the one spot that would really suppress his home runs, and Helixson's always had a right. home run issue. Always. And then this year, obviously, anyone that is a pitcher has a home run issue, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: You're right. To pitch is to have a home Yes. Issue.
0: To, to, okay. To exist in uh, the majors.
1: Sort of split on that. Might wait to see where Hellickson goes. Um, uh, might lose out on Cashner for it, but I don't think that losing out on Cash. I think I'd be conservative here. So yeah, CC like he's not going to get traded. I don't think, and um, he's not gonna. He's probably not that great, and he's like he's definitely doesn't have ceiling. Whereas Cashner might have a little more ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm dropping anything much better like a Chris Tillman. I don't think I'm dropping no. Tillman's been pretty steady. Tomlin, you know these guys are boring, but they're, you know, they're doing better. Like they're doing about as good as you'd hope Kashner would do. So I, I
0: don't, I don't like Tomlin, but I, I, understand he's been showing, he's been, he's been pretty successful this year.
1: Right. I'm definitely not dropping like a Bauer, uh, oh. Zimmerman. Maybe Wei yin Chen. I mean, he's hurt.
0: See, what I'm hoping for is that he's able to – hopefully this time off is, is helping him uh, Wei Yin Chen and that when he comes back, he's going to be back on track a bit.
1: I'm a little worried that they have him thrown low in the zone and he needs to throw high in the zone to get those pop-ups. Exactly. But that's that's uh, that's just another coaching issue which doesn't speak well to Andrew Kashner. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Chen – and also a guy on a DL, you probably – have him on the DL.
0: That's true. Right. So you don't even really need to. You can just hang oh. on to him. Take your shot.
1: But when, get, when I get up to like Robbie Ray, Discafani, Duffy, Gossman, Pineda, I'm not dropping those guys.
0: I would drop Robbie Ray. I just don't buy in on him. But the others I agree with.
1: Oh, that Robbie Ray. Strikeout Ray. So sexy. I know.
0: It is. And I hate
1: hater for so long, but that is a sexy strikeout Ray.
0: He just gets crushed otherwise, though. It's
1: crushed otherwise. <laughs> it's like
0: a strikeout or a freaking smash job.
1: And it's so weird. And not even home runs. I mean, like.
0: No, just hard contact outings, out everywhere.
1: 21 strikeouts, three walks, two home runs, and 11 runs.
0: Yeah, maybe it's dumb to say cut Ray, but it just annoys me.
1: Someone comes in my chat every day and is like, hey, Robbie Ray, do you still hate me? <laughs> I'm like, no, but sort of, but I don't get you. <laughs> That's the
0: thing. I don't. I, mean, I don't get you, man. I don't get you.
1: It's a bad change. It's not good command. But it's a filthy slider. It's not Patrick Corbin's situation. He throws 94. And the slider is filthy. So,
0: I still I think know. Corbin will be all right longer term. I don't know. I hope he can figure it out a little bit. Someone comes to my chat all the time and asks why I'm not you.
1: <laughs> that's that's nice. Why aren't
0: you Eno? Well, I'm just not, man. I tried to grow <laughs> out my hair and it didn't freaking work. Get off my back. <laughs>
1: God, just tell me, you're, you're funnier than Nino. So that's that,
0: listen. That's the thing. <laughs> you're pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> I know. All, right,
1: All right. So uh, thing. Oh, 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 One thing. Yes. One thing. Yes. yes, yes. Uh, we always look for opportunity behind. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely, I'm, absolutely. I'm
1: not talking about you know. Uh, San Diego no got anybody that is I, catching your eye? Paul Clements is going to be the guy who takes the It's a
0: brilliant job. name. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't say enough it's about cool. that name.
1: It's real close to brilliance. Uh, I mean, except for the part. Oh, you. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Clemens.
0: No, I was. <laughs> I was saying his name, Paul, not Clemens. Oh, I see what you were saying. You went the other way with it. No, I went with the first name.
1: Um, well, is, he, he has actually top ten spin rate on his curveball, but you know that explains why Houston liked
0: him. By the way, I remember being at an event in Houston. With BP a few years back, and Jeff Lunau spoke spoke really highly of Paul Clemens, um, and I imagine it was related to that. Remember they that's how they found Callum McHugh, really right. the spin rate on his curveball. It hasn't really translated into anything as a reliever or a starter though. I don't see much here.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's three aspects to a curveball that are important. Movement, I mean, and spin in, informs some of them, but uh, movement, velocity, movement and velocity, and I think. Okay, so movement is part spin rate and part arm slot. I think that's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, because arm slot, there's, there's some more beyond that, but stuff that we can't really measure. Arm slot and spin rate are things we can measure. There's, there's finger pressure, grip, and um, maybe hand, hand size and stuff like that. But in terms of stuff we can measure, it's arm slot plus spin rate. So you put spin rate in with arm slot, you get movement when you want effectiveness of the curveball, it's mostly movement and velocity. And so, you know, yes, because he has a big spin rate, he has a decent drop on the pitch, but he throws at 75 miles an hour, the curveball. Right. And I think if you throw a 91, 92 mile an hour fastball and a 75 mile an hour curveball, you're just, you know, it's too obvious, you know?
0: Yeah, and if there's nothing in between either. Yeah, I just don't see it. You know, I think I'd take Roger Clemens at this point, current age. Roger Clemens.
1: <laughs> Roger, come on. Roger. This is in the building. Roger's in the, the box. Oh, he's in the box. He's in. Oh over, my bro- God. <laughs> my face is melting. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm gonna take Roger Clemens over him right now. That I, I just, I just can't make a good case for anything going on in the back end. There is there anything? In, let me check their AAA really fast.
1: So, uh, no, no, no. I, I, it's bad. They're going to put Cozart in the rotation uh, for Kashner's spot, and then they're going to they're going to put Clements in for Ray's By spot. By the way,
0: Clements came from Miami this year. He was with Miami earlier, uh, and they, that's they probably cut him, and then San Diego scooped him. So these two teams love each other. Remember, they made the Fernando Rodney trade earlier as well. Yeah. Calling it now, San Diego's going to get Jose Fernandez in the offseason. They're going to rip yeah. off the Marlins somehow. That'll
1: make sense. I'm just, or maybe
0: uh, uh, Bob Fernandez. Bob Fernandez? I would take yeah. Bob Fernandez over what they have right now. I don't even know who the hell Bob Fernandez is, but be a better pick. Probably better than Paul Clemens. Better than Paul Clemens, absolutely. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Eduardo Nunez deal then. This was a little uh, late night dealing with the San Francisco Giants and Minnesota Twins. You know, obviously he's picked up as a depth piece. This is one of those weird ones that there's a disconnect in kind of the fantasy world because – He's been a good fantasy player for sure. 12 home runs, 27 stolen bases, 296 average. Like That's a fantastic fantasy player. But his real-life value, Eduardo Nunez, isn't commensurate with that fantasy value. A lot of that is just sheer volume of, of being able to play because you look at it. Otherwise, it's a 764 OPS which is about league average. And that's kind of where he was last year. A little, a, a tick above league average. A couple ticks above league average. Uh, he had a 106 OPS plus last year, 105 this year. So, you know, he's done that over his last basically a full season. That's exactly 600 plate appearances since the start of last year. He's been a 105 OPS guy with 16 homers, 35 steals, 292 average. That's not bad. He plays a lot of different positions because he can't play any of them. Uh, That's that's often (laughs) how it goes with utility guys when they also have a little bit of a bat. It's like we got to get that bat in, so we're just going to slot you all around. It's looking like right now in San Francisco he'll start as the third baseman until Matt Duffy comes back, and then he'll just kind of bounce around. I'm not really worried about the PT. I know that Pence is coming back. I know that um, they do have Angel Pagan, Denard Spann, Gregor Blanco. I don't really care. I know Joe Panic just came back as well. They'll find they'll be able to find space. Like I said, their base is open right now and then they'll be able to find spots for Eduardo Nunez. What do you think of this deal?
1: Yeah, the key is that he's right handed.
0: So and they've got mad lefties.
1: Yeah, they got mad lefties. So he, I mean, he won't be a platoon mate for Duffy, but he will be uh, playing for Duffy in the meantime, like you said. And then, you know, Crawford's gotten better against lefties and panic is okay against lefties, but still those guys, you know, Crawford plays like every friggin' day. Yes. And so, if they can give him a rest, if they can give him a blow, that'll be good for the down the stretch, it'll be good for the playoffs, and, and they'll do it against the left-handed pitcher. And Denard and, Span uh, has been a
0: nightmare, by the way, against lefties, so there's some outfield potential, I think.
1: I think there is outfield potential, for sure, because you can you can play Pagan in center still, you know, one day a week, mm-hmm. and Blanco can even play there, so... There's, uh, I think there's, there are at bats against lefties. I think he'll always play against lefties, and I think he'll play against righties sometimes. You know, when someone's hurt, I mean, when Duffy's out, um, you know, I don't know other situations. Maybe he'll be a pinch hitter. So I think he'll he'll get into most games. Yeah, I think yeah he'll get into most games. It'll just be you know one at bat some games and four at bat other games. I think he'll probably get you about 70, 75 percent uh, playing appearance playing time. Still big a big hurt for people that owned him. Sure,
0: because he was getting those guaranteed uh, that guaranteed and, playing I, time was- like crazy. Now here's the thing, Eduardo Nunez goes over to the NL. If you take the the totals he's already gotten, he'd be the fourth best base stealer in that league. Thirty six for Marte and VR leading the charge, and then Billy Hamilton with thirty four. So coming over to an a- NL only league. It's pretty, pretty good. By the way, he was leading the American League, which t- it's it's really interesting because the NL actually had some base stealers, whereas he now uh, goes and he'll, he'll be fourth there. Um,
1: what, I don't know. I, I think that part of his game is going to be the least likely to translate if he's not playing every that, day. That's
0: that's the thing that's scary, right? Because when you are getting that, that those one-off chances, or even if it's a situation where he's getting three at-bats in the start but then being taken out later, you're just cutting into yeah. that – Playing time, and it real will cut into the base steal, uh, stolen bases, I should say. However, they are so rare that even if he's, you know, just as long as you're a a factor in the base stealing category this year, you matter. So, what are you putting on Eduardo Nunez in the National League um, when you're going to the Fab table this weekend?
1: Hmm. NL only bats are less likely to move Mm -hmm. than than arms. I think that you could say this. I think there might not be a bat that moves to the NL after this.
0: Yeah, I can't... A lot of them are projected to move out. Maybe Josh Reddick to the Cubs.
1: Right, or Dodgers. Yeah. That would be the best other bat that is rumored to go and, and probably would go. Jay Bruce could move within the NL, uh, but he could also leave. And uh, most of the other rumors seem to be about arms. Yes, I would agree. So, yeah. Um, uh, second best bat you know likely to move at the trade deadline with rare steals some power but this playing time component mm-hmm. where might not be a full-time player i think um i think most people have saved 30 to 50 percent of their fab for the deadline at least and some people have some people have tried to save eighty percent. I mean, in AL labor, there's a few guys who are just gonna. Somebody dropped an eighty-eight on Drew Pomeranz. Wow. In AL labor. All right, then. Um So you know, you just have to look. If you need if you need something on the infield and you can deal with a couple of days off, which you can in NL only, I think I might just blow, you know, blow my wad on him. You just know? go for it. Just you know it's better to ask forgiveness than to, to ask yes I'm sorry <laughs> what I, like, was I, talking about? I like
0: bringing that that one in there just go uh, for it just drop
1: I'm just saying use like maybe hundred percent of what you got left you know because if that's what you need that's what you need uh, maybe you leave yourself you know three four five dollars for reliever pickups or you know if it's a zero
0: dollar league where you can make zero dollar moves maybe then you
1: oh, you, then you really, really go ham Just go for it just go for it because you know, if, you, if your outfield is full, then you can't even use Reddick, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, And uh, who's to say that Reddick's not a part-timer himself, you know? He he
0: comes gets, over to be a part, bit, bit more of a playing time share.
1: Right. I mean, he's at least left-handed versus Nunez is right-handed, but he has less defensive versatility, so you can't just, you know, leave— you can't put Reddick in and then leave him in for two or three at-bats, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You You pinch hit him and then you take him back out if you can't— or, or you pinch hit him late, you know what I mean? It's like— it's not the same as Nunez, where you put him in, in a double switch and he goes and plays third base or whatever. You know what I mean?
0: Completely understand that.
1: So, uh, so I think uh, I think I would I would go uh, I'd go for Nunez. I think he'll think he'll be the, the second like second best bat, but uh, offer you infield versatility. Yeah,
0: there could be some some obviously some grumbling, some trades that happen in the next couple of days that change the the scope of this. But as it stands right now, yeah, I would also go pretty ham. Oh,
1: I mean, I guess the other thing that we should mention here is, like, what if Profar goes to the NL for Archer, or uh, that's that's an AL, uh, if he goes to the NL for Terran.
0: That would change the scope. I would I would go Profar. I would, would go heavier on Profar, personally.
1: Yeah, Profar, Profar would be the best uh, bat. I mean, you know, Mazzara, I think is only on the table for sale, and I bet he's not even on the table. So, uh, yeah, best bat that's been rumored at all is, is Profipar as the other one. By the way,
0: you are a, a, a bit of a, a segue genius because you said okay. Mazar is only on the table for maybe Chris Sale and that's it. The The, the headline is Chris Sale or Rangers like the most in on Chris Sale. That doesn't really mean anything, that they're the most aggressive. Okay, they could still be you know, 43% aggressive and then everybody else is in single digits. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get him or that they're close, but the rumor is that they're the most aggressive uh, per Bob Nightingale. What does a Chris sale, the Texas deal look like with some names? I need names, Uh, name the names, you know?
1: Well, I mean, uh, Cameron did a good good piece on this.
0: We just traded uh, that guy though. We had to take that piece off the website. We just traded um, him for Giolito.
1: Well, he says the Rangers deal that's interesting. He says Gallo, Lewis Brinson, who is fun, um, power, toolsy outfielder, uh, and Luis Ortiz. Um,
0: what if what if we traded Cameron in the middle of that article and he just stopped writing it? Just well, <laughs> put up half
1: the But I, think, I don't think that's enough. Gallo, Brinson, and Ortiz, I don't know. I don't think that's enough. I
0: really. actually fully agree.
1: I think you'd have to replace Gallo or Brinson with Profar.
0: One hundred percent.
1: You need, a, they need to get back an infielder. They can't.
0: I think you need can't. to go. I think Mazzara yeah. and Profar.
1: Maybe, maybe yeah, or Mazzara and one of those minor leaguers that have more question marks, uh, and then a pitcher or something. But you know. And then,
0: and then, uh, by the way, three or four other components. Yeah, it's not
1: happening. At- it's just not happening, dude. You just it's have, just have not- to
0: pay so doing much.
1: Okay, Red Sox, Moncada, and Benintendi is a great beginning because that's Absolutely. two ten guys. Absolutely. Uh, and then they can throw in Debrowski. Devers or Kopech, uh, the guy who hit 105. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DeBroussy could do, do something
0: like the- Dabrowski's the guy, obviously, who could get something like that. Done.
1: And I think yeah, I think that's more likely than the Rangers deal. So I guess that's the one. But that uh, doesn't really move many needles, other than maybe Benintendi gets to play right away. Sure. Yeah, it's
0: on the I fantasy landscape. It, it wouldn't do a yeah. lot.
1: Devers isn't that close. Kopech isn't that close. You know, maybe all of them get closer because they're less blocked. Uh, you know, like Devers in particular uh, would get, probably get closer to the majors, maybe, but not really. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers are going to do it. Uh, the Dodgers have Friedman at the helm. If people remember Friedman, yeah, yeah, he has more money now, and the Dodgers are a different team. But when he was with the Rays, it was hold on to your prospects like they were gold, and win every trade like you know nobody's business. Yeah. So if he can get sale for Cody Bellinger and Alex Verdugo, that's fine. But he's going to have to put in, I'd say, like Urias, Urias and De Leon, You know, mm-hmm. DeLeon to make that work, and. um I don't think he's doing that. So, okay. So uh, we'll put a sale chance at you know five percent, and if it's a team, it's the Red Sox. So I
0: can get behind it doesn't,
1: that. Doesn't really change much. Maybe one of the guys. If there's a if the pitcher is, is close coming back, like you know certainly if Urias ended up in AL, uh, then you were then you were you you're pretty happy that you held on to your eighty five dollars of fab.
0: But if he ended up on the White Sox, would, would they bring him up and like? I think would they ride him out. Like how much? I think they would
1: because they still have they still have postseason ability. Yeah. And they the way they would sell it to their geriatric owner is, you know, Urias is filthy and he's a lefty, and so we just basically got a sale replacement. And for our you know for that we got these other guys.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see so, where it goes. It I I agree with you. It's... It, it's not going to happen, but uh, it, I'd love to be wrong because that, that that's fun to see. To yeah, it would be fun. Be, oh, being wrong is
1: not so fun. No, being but, wrong
0: is dumb, but, and I'm not, I've never being wrong. Happening.
1: Things happening is fun.
0: Yes, big moves happening would be fun. Now let's get to the other thing that I teased earlier. Lucas Giolito is apparently something that, according to John Morosi, the Nats have suggested that they would do for for Andrew Miller and. Somebody brought that up to me. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or on Twitch or in the chat. But when it was brought up, I said, no, man, they're not going to trade Giolito. And I understand that, that Miller's awesome and he has control. But I'm like, not nah, Giolito. You know, Ray Lopez, maybe even like a Victor Robles because he's super far away, which I, I still don't think they would really do. But I was like, no, not Andrew Miller. And then, when the, and then this comes out. And so Paul was wrong again. Huge, huge surprise.
1: <laughs> that seems
0: well, you insane know,
1: Actually, I don't think you were necessarily wrong uh, But there's a, a, a couple of wrinkles to this he, not, he didn't really say the Nationals would do that uh, I think he said that he'd spoken to someone Who had spoken to the Nats Who believed the Nats would do this
0: That's some like, nine-pan stuff right there
1: Oh yeah, and then on top of that, then the the the, the, the quote came out that um, from Sherman and some other guys who are plugged into the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees wouldn't do that. L
0: O L Yankees get real. Sources Ed, who have spoken Ed, with the Nats yes. believe they would ha- they would trade Lucas Giolito to Yankees for Andrew Miller straight up. That is pretty.
1: That's pretty wonky, up. and uh, and also on top of that. Uh, are we sure that we just didn't do the dirty work of the GMs involved? <laughs> did we? Did, did the media there just pump up Andrew Miller's value? Yeah,
0: they floated out. We go bananas over it, <laughs> yeah. and, and all the work is done. You're right.
1: And uh, some GM somewhere is cackling. They're like these these idiots. They fall for everything. Cashman's like, all right, now I'm gonna call the Dodgers for your rice. Yep. <laughs> exactly no um well you read that thing about (laughs) giolito you see that
0: man giolito man come on let's just get you right we'll get it done hey we'll just take your eyes from you we'll even throw in a little something with it let's just get this done let's just get it locked in let's just just give us your eyes right now we'll even throw in sweet sweet um i don't know i'm trying to think of somebody else the yankee uh, the dodgers would even want Mm -hmm. we'll throw in Super dope Rob Ref Snyder. Don't worry. He's an outfielder now. He's awesome.
1: Is he an outfielder now?
0: Uh, he plays the outfield sometimes, yeah. They had him play, well, he, they had him play he's him like,
1: first. He's early your, Nunez, man. He, he, he plays everything poorly.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Well, anyway, I don't think it's happening. Um, but, it, you know, I guess one other thing that's that's interesting about this uh, leak is that Giolito's on the table, so.
0: That yeah um, that they the even that they're even listening in on it, but you know <laughs> everybody's on the table like you'll always listen right, right, right. because
1: you know, so who do you think is going to happen so like there's Matson and Robertson so they 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 almost blew it again the other night so I think they're DefCon five when it comes to they want a reliever
0: yes the like, Nats
1: the Nationals are calling everybody last night Papamon was throwing eighty eight with no command and. You know, they had to bring in Oliver Perez, which meant, you know, the other team brought in a righty, and all of a sudden Oliver Perez is, hit, is throwing to a righty with power with the bases loaded in the ninth inning. And, you know, once they somehow got out of that, they bring in Sean Kelly, who whose numbers have been a lot worse in high leverage um, than they were in low leverage. Mm-hmm. And not that I think that's necessarily indicative of his skill set going forward. I think he probably could be a closer, but, um, You know, he's been a lot of places where he could have been closer and it didn't work out. Yeah,
0: it's just one of those guys kind of like a Luke Gregerson who just never got the chance. And at some point, I think the teams probably have it right.
1: Yeah, something, you know, and he's actually very similar to Luke Gregerson. He throws a ton of sliders, a little bit more velocity. Maybe it's something about hanging sliders. You know, a home run issue is your death knell in the bullpen. So
0: Yeah, you you can't have it at the back end. Home runs just,
1: they're they're, they're game over. Game over, yeah. So, uh, so I think they're really looking. The interesting thing is, I don't, you know, Robertson might be the most available, but he's also not. Like, do you get Robertson and you say, okay, uh, you know, wiping my hands, you know, we're done here? Um, I'm not sure. You know, Robertson had not a great year, and, um, you know, velocity wise, he's not making anybody notice. No. And, uh, so you know Ryan Matson, you know you, at least you could say, well, we've got this guy for a couple of years, and you know maybe Paps can get his job back if he if he you know figures out what's wrong with him. I think maybe injury, that's what it looked like to me. Paps has been, um,
0: been smeared all over the uh, all over the field. <laughs> you know.
1: I'm sorry, just, a, that's, just,
0: that's just the way it's gone this year for for old for old Paps.
1: It, yeah, it's just, so it's just,
0: it's just not been good, man. I
1: think it might be Madsen, you know, because I think Billy Bean will, will I think they would if they ranked the guys that they wanted, Madsen would be higher up than Robertson. Well, w- if you like, just if you just thought about talent, you'd rather have the guy with ninety five and, and the nasty.
0: Of course, uh, here's here's a wrinkle by the way, another another rumor on on the uh, on the on the wires here that the Nats are looking at Mark Melanson. They're among the teams in on Melanson. Because I think that, you know, the Pirates are hanging on, but they're certainly not going to be buying. I I don't think it would be a sell off. Like, they're not going to go crazy and just start getting rid of guys. But why not sell Melanson, who does still have extremely gaudy numbers? Um, His strikeouts are back up from last year, a full strikeout. Still tough to hit. Doesn't give up bombs uh, and is a free agent after this year. So he is a rental. We saw just. Maybe
1: cheaper. I mean, it's all about. All about cheapness too. Yes, so I, that
0: seems. I, I would actually want. I would if I'm the Nats. I think I want him over uh, Madsen and Robertson right now.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah,
0: because I know There's
1: it's a lot of touch and feel there, and it's a good cutter. It's
0: not. It's not the the control that those other guys have. It's just the rental. But I'll just take my shot on the rental. And he's really good. And I know he's had hiccups in the past. I think early last year we thought, oh, he's going to lose the job. But this year has been smooth. sailing. 151 ERA, .96 whip. I mentioned the strikeouts up another uh, a full tick from last year to 8.2. It's not blow him away greatness. And I know sometimes you, you really like that. That's why you talked about Robertson. I'm with you. I usually like the guy that just can pull back and, and go crazy. But – I don't know. I, I think I'd be okay with a Melanson. Just take the rental there. You still have to give up something for sure. You know, an Austin Vaughn. All,
1: right, all right. So let's let's create a likeliness leaderboard here. And I think I agree with you. Melanson, Madsen, Robertson. Should we Miller throw Wade Report? Davis
0: in on there as just a kind of oh, sneak tip?
1: Wade Davis means you got to take on Ian Kennedy money. Exactly. But but I think the Nationals could do that. They
0: could exactly. Nationals with him. make they no him mistake the- are a huge market. Like they they spend.
1: Yeah, what do, what do they do with Kennedy? Just put him in the bullpen?
0: Well, Joe Ross is on the DL.
1: Okay, so they play him until Joe Ross comes back. Maybe Joe Ross goes to the bullpen. Maybe Joe
0: Ross goes to the bullpen to protect his innings. He's already got ninety five. You know, um Gio Gonzalez isn't going anywhere. I know people are probably shouting to their phones, Gio Gonzalez out of the rotation. It's a four forty four ERA. It's not that bad. It's just it's just not that bad.
1: They're, and Tanner's been Tanner has been great. He's been a beast. Man.
0: He's been better than his twenty fourteen breakout.
1: I guess you could take... Oh, but God, there's like four more years of Ian Kennedy. That's true. I don't think that's happening,
0: That's dude. true. somebody
1: going to take on four and 60 or something for Ian Kennedy?
0: Oh, God. Ugh. God. Well, the thing of it is, Geo's done after this year.
1: Oh, he then becomes your five next year or something? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. okay, all right, all right. Let's say Wade Davis is second to Melanson. Okay.
0: And and then Robertson Madsen.
1: You could probably pay a similar package to both, except in the Wade Davis case, you get the Ian Kennedy anchor.
0: That's the thing, but yeah, you 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 don't have to give up quite as much as you normally would, because Wade Davis obviously unquestionably better than Mark Melanson. But since you take the anchor, you don't have to give up quite as much as you would if you if it was just Melanson versus Davis.
1: So we're we're saying it's going to happen, and so they're
0: getting somebody.
1: We've we've created a a, a possibility leaderboard, likelihood leaderboard, and our leaderboard goes Melanson, although I'm not sure the Pirates are going to... All right, let's leave him there. Melanson, Davis, uh, Madsen, Robertson.
0: I think that's right. I think I would prefer Robertson, but I think he's less likely to also be dealt between the two. I think you could get Madsen easier.
1: Yeah, so that means uh, your pickups are... I think Feliz, yeah, because the only other lefty, if you go with Watson, the only other lefty you've got is Jared. is
0: I'm not Jared Hughes, somebody else, not Jared.
1: Lock, Locke or Nice.
0: Oh, so they don't even have another lefty. Oh yeah, no chance then. Uh, uh, Watson's I, been great, but he's not going to get the gig. Th- it's going to be Feliz. You're right.
1: Feliz. So then, so then the pickups go Feliz, uh, dull, Feliz, dull. Uh, so he's on the
0: DL, isn't he?
1: Wait, wait. Second was second wait, was Madsen? Wade
0: Davis. Second was Wade Davis. Oh, second was oh, Wade wait, Davis. Herrera so. back on track. Duh. Uh, Herrera goes right. So back yeah, on. it
1: goes. Uh, yeah. So it goes. Um, Police Herrera Dull Jones. Jones. Yes. I feel pretty good about that. I mean, they're all very good pitchers. Those the That's secondary. The pitchers.
0: They, any vacuum created there gets filled in by a, a really capable guy who would become somebody that you would want in every format. Easily, even even Neftali Feliz, they've kind of gotten him back on track. Now, the one hang up with Feliz has been something that we mentioned with Sean Kelly home runs. And so you don't love that as a ninth inning guy. But I think they give him the reins and see what they've got to decide. Do we want to re-sign him for next year? Because here's the thing. Quickly, everybody in their head, you know, you might already know this. So give people a second to guess in their head. How old do you think Neftali Feliz is? Three, two, one. You know, what do you think he is? How old?
1: I'm going to say twenty nine.
0: Twenty-eight years old, I still pretty young, oh. in terms of being somebody that you could sign to a three-year deal if you believed in him, and it wouldn't be out of bounds, right?
1: Like, oh, they no, they don't sign relievers.
0: They don't. You're right,
1: but you know, yes. we, we could be. But is he is he is he done with control after this? Yeah,
0: game? that's why that's why I brought it up.
1: I think then they, they then he's their closer
0: because, because they don't even care about it inflating the value.
1: They don't care about it. yeah yeah.
0: That's a good point as well. Yeah. That's a good point as well. So if you're planning for saves, I think that the Camaro, Nats, they they
1: they bring, they bring Caminero into the eighth or something. And kind the of groom seventh, him,
0: eighth. hopefully.
1: And hopefully he's their, their closer next year.
0: I thought he was going to be better this year than, than he's been. He's really struggled. Uh, a
1: little better after he came back from the DL. Yeah,
0: Caminero has, but uh, he can still throw at 100— I think they work on him. And, and we're talking about, um, he's a little bit older. Like, it kind of took a while to kind of get there. He's going to be 30 next year. So he's kind of, uh, you know, not somebody who's on, on the rise, some young guy, but I still think it could click. Still quick. got velocity. Yep. Still has obscene velocity. And when he's on, he can be really devastating. I still think it could click for him quickly. Um, you kind of look, you, you mentioned since he come back from the DL, 164 ERA, 17 strikeouts in 22 innings, eight walks. So not still not a
1: great strikeout,
0: right? Yeah, not eye popping, but again, when he's on, he had a two inning stint uh, against Oakland where he pitched two innings, two perfect innings with four strikeouts, uh, inning and two thirds against the Cubs a couple a uh, couple weeks ago, three strikeouts. So you know you can see it in flashes where he's really good, but then he'll go through periods where you know you go four innings in a row, no strikeouts. Camonero would be, he's hes the groomed one. It would be Feliz. So there you go. For those of you that are um, speculating on saves, I do think that the Nats are going to create a spot somewhere for, for, for saves to be found. It's just a matter of, of gambling on, on where you think they're going to get the guy from. Eno, you know, we got two guys to talk about Then we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, these are both user requests. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter at Spore and at Eno for other guys you want to talk about in future episodes. But Dylan Bundy's a guy that originally I want to say back in May, it was, he's not going to be in the rotation this year. It's going to be a, a, uh, you know, maybe a spot start here and there, but he's going to be a reliever to all of a sudden. Now it's looking like he's going to start the rest of the year. What have you seen out of Dylan Bundy? Remember he was a super elite prospect who has fallen on, on hard times with injuries, but has stayed pretty healthy this year. Mostly a reliever has now transitioned into starting, has had three starts. His first one wasn't so good. The second one was really good. And the third one was pretty darn good, too. In fact, he had a no-no going into the sixth, ended up giving up a couple hits, both of them homers, so three runs. <laughs> By the way, it's so crazy how quickly it turns, right? You're, you're, you're Oh, you know, sixth inning, no, no-hitter alert. Okay, he's out after the uh, five, <laughs> and
1: two-thirds, three-runs. Really <laughs> but it was still
0: very good. You know, but, but back-to-back 60-game score outings, uh, 50 is kind of the starting point. Anything over 55 is a pretty good start. So two 60s is nice, especially when you can do it in five and five-and-two-thirds innings. That's always going to be the thing. I don't think we're going to see seven-inning outings out of Dylan Bundy. But two good and, and one bad so far out of his starts. What can Dylan Bundy be the rest of the year? And have you noticed any evolution in 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 um, in, in what he's doing this year?
1: I think he changed the change. I think it's a split finger now.
0: Change. Or it's, change. Uh,
1: I don't know if it was always a split finger, but now it's a little bit harder, and uh, it's got really nice movement in terms of how it compares to his nice riding, you know, 94, 95 mile an hour fastball. He's it's
0: got the ten- down. At, 10-mile-an-hour yeah. split, and he's not afraid to use it. 19% usage for Dylan Bundy on his changeup. I like that.
1: Yeah, and uh, and like, you know, six inches more drop than his riding fastball. So even though it looks like average drop, when you when you compare it to his forcing, which you really have to, you should compare all movements to the most used uh, fastball. Um, it is actually a pretty devastating movement. Uh, 25% whiffs. It's actually, you know, it used to be curve first. I think uh, it's been so long that now I, I you know everything is kind of like what was Dylan Bundy? Yeah
0: again?
1: I I didn't see any of this honestly when I saw him in the spring the curve was soft and gross and the fastball was like 91 92 and I just did not look good.
0: Remember I mean you saw him in spring so that was updated but even in fall league I think you I think it was you who tweeted out like this was a top prospect who you know certainly if was it you who tweeted out the uh, if it wasn't for the name on the back of the yes. jersey? Yeah,
1: yeah, would, would, yeah, and there were some people who who pushed back, but uh, I I was saying I was seeing even an analysis like you know this is you know he's working his way back and, and I was like I don't know man oh try to in the fall league no he did not like you I
0: don't think you were saying he's done you were saying this guy right now that we're looking at if you didn't not, know who he was you, you wouldn't care you would not look up. <laughs> We would go back to the conversations because that happens a lot in the fall. Like, there's not a yeah. ton of great pitchers. We would just go back to talking. But the fact that it was Dylan Bundy, we paid attention, and he was terrible. But of
1: course, you look up when the guy's throwing 96 and got the ride back, Absolutely. and the change looks nasty. And you know, I, like like I said, we we get it wrong sometimes. The change is the source of the home runs this year, um, as much as any as as much as any pitch. I guess the four scene, too. The curve is good at, uh, at least, the very least, not giving up home runs. Throwing 170 hasn't given up a home run. So so he's ha- he hangs
0: uh, a change a bit.
1: Yeah, hangs a change every once in a while. Um, you know, I guess gets squared up by guys who... But the ride should help him with the home runs. And I do think that on some level, the home runs are are not going to... He may have an issue because it's Baltimore, but I don't think that the home runs are going to continue at this sort of this pace. I think he's... Uh, gonna be, he's gonna calm down to a, you know one point one, one point two or something, and um, I think he's gonna keep his strikeout rate actually. Okay. So that's that means he's gonna be better than his projections. I I would, I'd, I'd put him like I would I'd rather have him than Cashner.
0: I think um, I would too actually. D- Dylan Bundy over over Andrew Cashner, even with yeah. a bunch of five inning starts, I don't know this, this could. They're gonna
1: they're gonna I think they're gonna take the the the, the training wheels off a little bit. I mean, they want. They said that there's no innings limit.
0: Oh, okay, great. That's really intriguing them because then this ends up being kind of their trade move, right? Because they can't yep. they can't gut the system anymore. They don't have a system to keep plucking from. And right. again, if that's what Kashner costs, no wonder he didn't go to Baltimore. They don't even yep. have. They don't. They probably didn't want to give Chase Cisco plus, because that's what it would have taken. And he,
1: Cisco's, Cisco's all they got, and I don't think Cisco gets them. Into the, the doesn't get them into the sale or off discussion. No.
0: not even so, they don't even get the call returned.
1: It, so Cisco gets them Kashner and Ray. And you so. might as well
0: just hold Cisco at that point because yeah, you signed. Um, he took the, uh, Matt Weiders took the qualifying offer, so then he's going to be but a free agent not, again this not year.
1: Give it to him again, or you, you know, Can you give whatever.
0: multiples? Can he do? Can they do it again?
1: Yeah, I think they can. Okay, but it's going up to about seventeen million, and I don't, you know, Wieters has been. All right, but Blah. you know, hurt. And, yep,
0: below average yeah. this year again.
1: Yeah. And so oh yeah. I
0: don't. I don't. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he's getting another one of those. And so they're gonna have to figure. It. Maybe it's Caleb Joseph and Chance Sisko um, yeah. Next year, really.
1: Joseph has, I think, done enough. He's not good, but he's uh, done enough to show them he can beat. Like there are plenty of teams that are, you know, Bobby Wilson. Uh, oh, he's
0: a C two in the majors at, at the very least. Yeah. And you can fake yeah, so. him as a C one, I think, with regular playing time. I think if you've
1: got a prospect behind him that you're excited. Exactly, about. Exactly,
0: exactly. So yeah. I think that they're going to move on from Matt Weeters next year. And here's the thing, though: Matt Weeters, even coming off of an 81 OPS plus, still going to make stacks because there's going to be a team that that buys in and things.
1: At least like three for thirty sort of yes, deal. Yes, you know? yes,
0: at least yeah. something. It's going to it's yeah. going to be a, a, a passable de- a, 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 a number hey, deal. It's an
1: all star, man.
0: Hey man, four-time All Star as well.
1: Four-time uh-huh, wow. All Star.
0: Let's talk about another pitching prospect and then uh, and then peace out for the weekend here. I gotta get some lunch, but um, I'm interested in what you have to say about Sean Mania because this was a guy I really liked coming into the year. I thought he could be an impact pitcher for fantasy, not just for the for the A's. It got off to a bad start. Now, by the way, th- this quick tangent. I wonder if the um, twins shouldn't have just kept Jose Barrios up because you look at a lot of these young guys that came up. Michael Fulmer jumps to mind. Um, I wish I had more examples. I'm terrible at this sometimes when I want to make a point and I come up with one example, sweet life, Paul, but they feel like <laughs> there've been a couple other of these, these young arms that came up, got punched around a little bit initially. Blake Snell, oh. you know, didn't look. Good.
1: Yeah. Jake Odorizzi actually.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they don't look good immediately them. And sticks they learn the
1: guys around them. And then they,
0: they learn figure it out. Yeah. Coach, yeah. So you uh, let's look at his last well, let's look at Manaya's last uh, nine, uh ten starts here. Or actually it's nine, nine starts, one relief appearance. Sixty and two thirds innings, three twenty six ERA, fifty eight punch outs, twelve strikeouts, or excuse me, twelve walks, eight homers, a little bit much there. You're talking about a one point two homer per nine rate. It's it's a couple of multi homer games, but he's been Pretty darn good. And if you look at, at July only, he opened the month with six earned at Minnesota. But since then, he's given up five earned in four starts. So you add it all up. It's a 313 ERA in 31 and two-thirds innings with 31 strikeouts and just three walks. So even just this month, if you isolate that, we've really seen Manaya come into his own. But again, dating back all the way to late May is when we really saw him kind of start to turn a corner have you noticed anything from him specifically, or is this just a young pitcher with a lot of talent who's settled in?
1: Well, there are a couple things. I, I've talked to him about how he switched his grip to a um he switched his grip on a changeup to more of a Fosh. And he said that Fosh is like a um, a fascia is like a split finger, but it kind of comes off your off of like imagine can, splitting your fingers, but you still got your other three fingers on the ball. Yeah,
0: and you do you kind of flip it a little or no?
1: Yeah, it comes off those three fingers. Okay, so you kind of pronate. Uh, pronate means you're you're pulling your index finger towards your body, um, and uh, you kind of pronate, and the ball comes off those three fingers, and that's how you you take velocity off, and and, and it's a little bit different than a true split finger, which you just split the fingers. You don't have you split the two primary fingers. You don't have those other fingers on the ball, and you just try to have the ball sort of squirt out between your fingers. Okay. Throw it like a fastball and let it squirt out. So it's a little bit different than that. But I think what it allows him to do is have more feel. So he's actually, I think the walk rate has been related to this. Is that he went back? He had the Fosh in college. He thought he had great command of it, uh, great touch with it, and feel with it. The Royals took it away from him. For whatever reason, probably because it looks like a split finger, and uh, the A's at some point were like, "Hey, we don't care about these things." Yeah, just, um, just because like nonsense. with bankers, they did the same thing. They were like, "We don't care. Do your crazy thing," you know. Um, so that, that's actually probably a market inefficiency. Is guys who've had their mechanics changed for no good reason. Get uh, them, and,
0: bring them over, and see what you can do. A's trade for Kevin I'll go back.
1: Yeah, I tell him to go back to who they were, you know. Yeah,
0: whether it's pitch mix or mechanics. Bundy,
1: is your cutter back, you know. <laughs> like Bundy could use a cutter. I mean, we're talking about a curve, a change, and a you know missing velocity band in there. He could use a cutter, but hey, I I I don't care. I don't, don't worry, care, Don't worry. That's no. what Bundy was known for. Now I remember. The, the Orioles
0: will move him. That's right. I remember that they, they made him they made him back pocket it. Right. Uh, they're going to move him to another they're team, good. and then Dylan Bundy will pan out a hundred percent but with another yeah. team.
1: Well, anyway, so back to Manaya. That's one thing he did. The other thing he told me about, um, you know, and if you look at his, his pitch movements, he, he got like uh, five inches of extra drop when he changed the grip on
0: the chain. Ooh, that's, that's substantial, so, yeah?
1: Yeah. So that, that was a big deal, I think, for the swinging strikes. And, you know, I, I guess for what he was reporting, uh, more touch on it. And then the other thing he was telling me that was interesting was that he said most people – he has a slur basically uh, because he's got a slider that goes like 80. OK. Uh, and he was telling me almost everybody wants to take velocity off of their slider and and get more movement. I have the movement. I can't get the velocity. And I want it to be more 88 or something, and, and I'm 80 right now. This is
0: Sean I that's again a, that we're talking about for those Shawn, uh, I'm wondering.
1: That's hard to do, and I'm not saying he's done it successfully. But he's gone from being 79 to being 80, 81, 82. So he is throwing the slider a little bit harder, and it's basically got about the same movement, even though he's throwing it harder. So uh, maybe it's lost a little bit of drop, but it's now got about the same drop as his changeup, but you know different movement, which I think is actually sort of ideal if you think about it. If you if you have these two pitches that are coming towards the plate at 80 miles an hour, and one goes in one direction, one goes the other. I think that's pretty that's pretty useful. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean I think you know this is the kind of this is the kind of mix that can actually work. I think you know his crossfire delivery does lead to the the, the stuff that would make me nervous is yeah we've had this nice stretch of no walks in four straight games and um, only five walks in seven games um, or, or yeah seven games that's nice but I'm not sure how sustainable it is given what I know about his what his delivery looks like so. You know, I think there could be days with more walks coming. I think that he is a little fringe when it comes to redraft and needing him this year. But I do think these changes he's made make him a much better keeper prospect uh, and make him a very attractive guy to pick up for your rental, for for example. You know, if you're going to give someone a rental DeGrom or something, a, a keeper manaya is a great return.
0: I like that. I like I like uh, I like where we're at on that. So have been really interesting,
1: but I would like to see your I would like to see your Would you rather?
0: Okay, let's let's do um, it then. Let me let me. You have yeah, some names no. in mind. Or you want me to pull up some?
1: Activity Taberny. Now we gotta we gotta call them up. Let
0: me pull up my let me pull up my ranks here. Shamaniah or Thor? Thor, obviously. <laughs>
1: that was a good one. No, wasn't. all right. So, um, Let's see here. Uh, Colin McHugh.
0: I'm going to take the chance on the higher ceiling there, and, and go and go with Manaya because I think McHugh is a pretty pretty good floor. Because you kind of know what you're going to get, and in a league where this is a move that you, that you that you're going to be making. We say this yeah. a lot, but like, McHugh is going to be on the wire then, right? Or or a McHugh-like right. substance, as I've, I've grown accustomed to saying. So I'm going to take the chance.
1: Best case scenario for McHugh is probably what he did last year going forward is 3-8 ERA, 1-2-5 whip. I, I'll
0: tell you what. I, I did I did just look. I did not realize that he has a uh, a 3.42 ERA and, and 80 strikeouts in his last 73 and two-thirds innings. That's McHugh dating back to mid-May. So that's better than
1: I mm-hmm. thought. But you got to look at him in some. I mean, he get, he get, he has a little home ride exactly. and stretches. And oh. even if he's going well now, the homers can come back, just like Mania's walks can come back. Exactly,
0: right? exactly. So, no, um, I wanted to give credit where it was due there, yeah. but I, I'm not changing my answer. That was just more of a uh, getting the info out on the table.
1: Uh, Adam Conley.
0: How dare you besmirch the great name of Adam Conley.
1: Uh, the whip's not great. I know.
0: I, um, They're really close, but they're kind of like an NL... AL version of each other. It's so good to the DNL you know. guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then I'm going to push on up. Sonny Gray. I don't know.
0: I, I, I can't fathom that Sonny Gray isn't hurt again. Like, I, I, I don't, I can't figure a world where that's not the case at this point because it's right. so bad once again. So give me the, the, the teammate right now. I know the name value thing, you know, it sounds crazy after what we thought about them coming into the season, but things have changed, and I think Sean, Sonny Gray is hurt right now. I'd take Shawn Manaya over him. It's hard. I mean, you look at you look at the. I,
1: mean, I, I rank Sunny Gray sixty-seven, so he's he's definitely in this mix that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: so we're, 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 we're talking seventy area. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would uh, I would look at you know Gray now over his last eight starts has three multi-homer outings. That's tough. Yeah. And another seven earn run outing that wasn't a multi homer. It was just a piece of trash outing.
1: And we're for sure taking uh Minaya over Rodon. Rodon has more walks.
0: Yeah. I think I think Minaya has Worse. already shown that's some, a, some better development.
1: That's a part of Minaya. Oh. All right. Well, we wouldn't go as far as uh Stroman.
0: Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we maybe do that, though? I love Marcus Stroman as a player. Like I'm.
1: He's made some changes. He has. Uh, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to, to write them up, but he's made some changes. And if you look at uh, one, two, three, four, five, um, let me see here.
0: But it seems every time he has two good starts, he he, he gets a, a, a smash job to kind of erase the, 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 you know, uh, one step forward two steps back sort of. Deep. Oh
1: yeah yeah yeah. But but um but if you look at strikeouts minus walks over the last five starts he's got 12 17 18 25 strikeouts against four walks.
0: That's pretty good. Damn. And even if you look at the last eight starts it's 44 and 9 for for Marcus yeah. Stroman. So he's not walking guys Strikeouts are actually coming up a bit. You know, he had, he wasn't really getting many strikeouts at all, and now in that in that span that Should I was talking about, he's got six
1: plus. Should be more wins. Be more wins. I'm going. I'm stri- I'm t- I'm staying with Stroman, but uh, I think almost everybody else on our Would You Rather's get with this, get with that. We got with that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, okay. I'm looking at it now. I got Stroman a couple ranks ahead of him, and I'll I'll leave that. I'll I'll, I'll join you there. You've convinced me. But I'm suspect.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I, in the meantime, have moved Mania from uh, the low 90s up to probably, uh, you know, 72.
0: Oh, my God. That's hilarious that you said that. That's exactly where I have him. I was <laughs> willing you in my brain. I was like, say 72, say 72, say 72. And you did it. I control your mind, you know. I'm sorry, man. I, didn't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I do. And I'm controlling your mind to end this podcast right now so we can go eat lunch. Not yes. together. It would be cool if we could. We don't live anywhere near each other, unfortunately. But um, you know what we haven't done a sandwich. enough of, by the way, is – and that? I listened to this fantastic interview that you did on the In This League podcast. Why don't you tell people about your book really quick while we get out of here? I know that, I know you mentioned it on here, but I feel like we should be doing it every episode for a little while
1: just to mm, kind of keep – Free ad space.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we own – uh, we can advertise whatever yeah. we want.
1: And then go back and, and beep out the bad words. Yes,
0: uh, <laughs> I hate when guys swear like that.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, we came out with this book. It's called um, A Baseball Lovers Guide to Craft Beer, and basically, it's a guide to sort of cities and 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 it gives you like a way to crawl to the to the to the to the. To the to the ballpark. So if you're going to, say, Phoenix, it's like, well, you know, if you have time, go to Arizona Wilderness, but it's nowhere near the park. If you're going to the park, here's a cool cultural thing you can do that drops you right out on the street next to this cool pizza place. And then that's a block away from Angel's Trumpet, which is the best beer bar uh, in downtown near the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could walk here and there's actually food truck aisle right on the way to the stadium. And then here's the best beer in the stadium. Just- so. Awesome. It's basically like, you know, little crawls and walks and like cultural things that you can do. There's a really cool one actually for Houston. There are these cisterns in Houston uh, that are underneath uh, a park. So you can go to this park and then you can go down under the park, and it used to be where the water supply was kept. And it's just spooky as all heck. And all sorts of weird sounds and echoes, and then you can learn about the cisterns. is like scientific stuff, and then uh, when you're done with that, it lets you out right next to one of the best breweries in, in Houston. So, you want
0: to have the crap scared out of you before catching a baseball game?
1: Yeah, why I not? You know where it's to fun. go. I know where to go. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the Beer, it's the Craft, it's the Baseball Lover's Guide to Craft Beer. It's at beergraphs.com forward slash book, and listeners can get a dollar off with the, the code BG. Dash, we love you. BG, dash, we love you. And that's at beergraphs.com forward slash book. Thank you very much and have a nice weekend. We out. Thanks for listening.